Hi, everyone. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is our end of year Q&A episode where we're answering listener questions. Um, Because we are a cool podcast and we just didn't have it in us to do another Christmas episode. So we're doing this instead. (laughs) I'm Marlena Arjo. Um, I live in Portland, Oregon. I am... Trying to become a forensic psychologist. I own a cat. <laughs> so fun if your like ambition drops throughout the podcast. Like, I used to try to. <laughs> my, at one In point, a... my dream was forensic psychology. <laughs> when I was a kid, I wanted to be. <laughs> no, uh... I'm, I'm still claiming to be. On route to forensic psychology. Yeah, good. I'll, I will soon have a master's degree in it. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, because my name is Lina Fredström and I am not on the route to be any ologist. <laughs> I guess I'm the closest thing would be a political scientist. Or I've studied political science. Uh, and some system is psychology, so... Huh. Uh, and I live in Stockholm, Sweden. But now I'm home with my parents for Christmas. Oh, nice. In the room where we first Skyped. But then, then I was sitting over. Oh, and wow. But I thought that was neat. That is neat. <laughs> Especially our, our first listener question is, how did your friendship begin? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't begin over Skype, I think. No, that, that, was, that was later. Good to clarify. Um, uh, do you have anything else to say before we start listener questions? Uh, no. No, I was going to say, I think we, before having done this, maybe I'll hate it once we've started, but <laughs> for this, I feel like listener questions sounds nice because maybe because it doesn't need us to, that I don't need to pre- prepare that much. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I just think the concept of like someone asking for advice and you being able to be like, well, personally, I would, mm-hmm. that's like, um, I enjoy it. I enjoy both sides of it. I enjoy when someone gives mm-hmm. me advice as well. On a podcast, I love not to feel like a, a role model. Oh, I yeah, hate when exactly. someone gives me advice in real life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or like, if someone corrects me, mm-hmm. even when I know that they're correct... Yeah. I'm like immediately no, I am not <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> and sometimes even when it's like it's it's solid, it's good for me mm-hmm. to know what they've corrected me on. But I'm still like I cannot handle this. <laughs> yeah. I need to retreat now back into like some kind of and then I can yeah. Um, I used to play solitaire on an app on my phone and if I took too long to decide it would like start giving me a hint. And every time I'd be like, okay, well, I'm not doing that. I'll find my own move. Thank you. (laughs) You used to win. Oh, I'm great at solitaire. I I taught one of my clients how to play solitaire. And he was like, (laughs) this is a direct quote. He was like, you're great at solitaire. And I was like, yeah, I know I am. (laughs) I think that's that's a unique, quirky skill to have. There's only so much you can do very late at night when nobody else is awake and you like your eventual goal is to actually sleep. And so as someone with chronic insomnia, 
there's like a limited number of activities that I could take up. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and solitaire is one of them. A, a too fun game. It needs to be something mm -hmm. that will or like anything too you. scary, like reading about anything happening in the world. I yeah. won't go to sleep. I'll just I'll get really freaked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like you and the green board. <laughs> Maybe it's a fancier layout if you, if it's on your phone. Maybe they've updated the solitaire. No. It's not. It's pretty no. basic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I would also love to be a role model. So mm -hmm. let's see what the what the listeners think. Or anything. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listener questions. <laughs> Um, question one. How did your friendship begin? <laughs> <laughs> it began ten, ten years ago. Yeah. And a couple of months. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 I actually haven't thought too much about that, but that's... We played tennis together, but also you complimented my skirt on the first day of school. Mm -hmm. And then, like, six months after that, you were like, hey... I the very first time I saw you, I complimented your skirt, and you've never worn it again. What's up with that? <laughs> was it a green skirt? It was a green skirt. Yeah, I remember that skirt. It was really cute. <laughs> what was up with that? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I had a lot of skirts back then that I wore quite often, and so it just... Yeah fell out of the rotation because like you can't wear your first day of school outfit like too soon after the first day mm. of school yeah true and so then like it just fell out of the rotation of all my other skirts because i they used to in the like early 2010s skirts with like really big thick bands of elastic on top were like really yeah. in yeah and i had like 10 of them <laughs> yeah like i had them on constantly <laughs> <laughs> Do you wear a lot of skirts now, or was that a... Um, I still wear skirts. I, I wear long skirts now, yeah, though, long more than now. short skirts, yeah. Yeah. I talked to someone the other day about how short skirts were back then. Like, they were... Mm -hmm. But not in the U.S., I guess, because you couldn't wear... Like, that's... You had to have mm -hmm. dress code lengths. Yeah, I was dress coded, like, daily in high school, which is a whole other Were issue. you really? I think oh, like, yeah. I never was, and I think I wore. I constantly I was dress coded, yeah. Who who dress coded you? Um, the vice principal did a Mr. lot. Mister, the, the big he guy. He never, yeah, he never spoke to me outside of dress coding me, and I always thought that was like, I was like, do you even know my name, or are you just like that girl's <laughs> a fucking slut, and we need her out of our school? <laughs> and then, um. There was, like, an old woman who was my um, seminar teacher, like, two years in a row. And, like, to mm. this day, I'm pissed off about this. And, like, I think she recently retired. And I thought about sending her a letter or an email and being like, hey, by the way, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but I remember, like, my senior year, I got back from a tennis match really late in the evening and then like had homework mm -hmm. so I was up really late and then the next day I had tennis again and so I wore just like gym shorts and a long sleeve t-shirt 
like mm-hmm. baggy gym. Like I used to wear, I still have these shorts. I used to have two pairs. Now I only have one. Um, these really tiny purple shorts to tennis. Yeah. Like constantly. I <laughs> um, but this wasn't even those. These were like big baggy running shorts okay. and a long sleeve loose baggy t-shirt. I also still own. Like, it was just clearly not a sexy outfit. Like, it was, like, (laughs) (laughs) like just basically what I had slept in. And she called me out, like, five minutes to the end of school and made me come to the front of the class and, like, prove that my shorts were too short. And, like, I was so angry at the time, but I was also, like, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. So I didn't stand up for myself. And I'm, like, still mad at myself for not being, like... Like, fuck you, I'm going to have to change into this exact outfit anyways to go play a school sport for school. Why? What's, like, what's the difference between now and 10 minutes from now when I'm expected to wear this? Yeah. And also, like, I was getting homework done, which I'm not going to have time to do later because I'm going to be at tennis all fucking night. Yeah. And you stopped me from doing that to embarrass me in front of the entire class. But instead, I just put up with it because I was 17. I wonder if they, like, were pretty... Or maybe I just also, like, put up with it. But I feel like that... I didn't like realize how much that was a fit because I was never dress coded. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and I I remember that I wore like uh, not spaghetti straps, but like yeah, I wore stuff that wasn't really okay. But I wonder if they like tried to like play it down when I was there or something. If they were, just, but like, I also I know the year that you were there, like I know exactly that it was the year you were there because I the summer before you were there. I had just been, like, all over Europe with my family. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten a dress at H&M that I loved that had spaghetti straps. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to wear it, like, weekly because it was my favorite dress at the time. Because, like, not only was it really cute, but, like, I had just gotten it on my European vacation. Mm-hmm. And, like, I got in trouble for it constantly. Like, to the point where they were like, if you wear that dress to this school again, we're going to send you home. And I know that was the year you were there. It is uh, insane to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think, though, part of it is that, like, this is going to be annoying for our listeners who, like, don't know anything about the small fucking high school we went to. (laughs) But that whole town is very incestuous. And... You were staying with a family that was, like, a big part of that town's culture. Like, everyone knew them and everyone loved and respected them. Yeah. And no one in that town has ever liked me or my family because we moved there when I was in middle school. Yeah. And we're, like, fucking liberal Californians and... Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like people never liked me enough to be like, oh, you can get away with bending their rules a little bit. And I think that you probably had, first of all, more leniency as an exchange student who they don't want to, like, target. Yeah. But also being with your host family who everyone loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's probably very true. I just feel like, because I, I don't think I was ever, like, part of a class when they, like, did that kind of, like, bring someone up in front of the class. Like, mm-hmm. it is... Uh... I don't remember it happening to anyone else ever except for me. 
it's it's an it's so horrible to like <laughs> like I can't even get into like how horrible like because that's it's happened to me very few times compared to like how much it happens in mm-hmm. the US but you know that like an older woman or a man for that like someone says something like that's you're showing too much of your stomach or something like it's mm-hmm. I've been very like spared from that in general but every time it's happened I've been furious and like. Mm-hmm. No, but I think it's. Uh, I've got like illegal. When it happened, like it doesn't happen to me now because I'm an adult. But like, I feel like if it happened to me now, I'd be able to handle it really well in a way that like I felt good about. Mm-hmm. But when it happened to me when I was a teenager, I just felt so helpless because those were yeah. adults and like, and I. Uh, there's very little that I like. There are no weapons I had to fight back against. It. I just had to pretty much accept it, and I think that is what made me angry. Because I knew like none of my peers cared what I was wearing. Like this is mm-hmm. just about what the teachers thought. But it was the fact that there was like nothing I could do to stand up for myself that made me so angry, and like still makes me angry in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your opinion doesn't matter in that scenario. It's just them. But it's also like them ascribing. But maybe you're like. Uh numb to that because it's like so common in the US but it, it's it's so much that you're like ascribing very like yeah like just sexual um, mm-hmm. promiscuous uh, I don't know um, ideas about uh, like how, who you are to like what you have yeah. to be wearing and it's like you said like so much of it is like I, also you, you should be able to wear of course like a really uh, Especially because it was so cool fucking top, hot in like, that school all the yeah, time. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, but yeah, like you said, if you get dress coded for like just wearing, yeah, like gym shorts, like that yeah. seems ridiculous. Like, obviously, you, yeah. you, you didn't put those on to like parade around it. But also, <laughs> I think you should be able to parade around. Yeah, I do too. too. And like those. Those purple shorts I used to wear were ridiculous, and I owned two pairs, so I could wear them like multiple days a week to tennis. And like, <laughs> I like I still own. I don't know what happened to the other pair, but I still own one pair, and it's like they're on their last legs because they're like over a decade old. Mm-hmm. But like when I wear them now, I'm like embarrassed to leave my house because I'm like, <laughs> like you can see labia. <laughs> and like, and, like, that was fine because I was doing a sport in those. Or, like, mm-hmm. I could wear those to PE and probably, like, no one would say anything. But, like, it was just in the classes where they decided that I wasn't allowed to show skin. Mm-hmm. But wasn't it a, a rule that you couldn't wear the, in in tennis, the cross or the, I don't know what that's called, but, like, a certain type of sports bra? Oh, right? like, a, like a... Yeah. Like, the when, I, when the... There were definitely rules about what you could and couldn't wear in tennis, but I don't think they were ever enforced because I feel like I broke them all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> is you bragging about how much of a <laughs> no, just because like <laughs> a rule breaker you were. I just I had a lot of like fancy tennis clothes mm-hmm. that I used to love to wear, and. Like, they were all, because my, my grandpa is also a big tennis player, and so he he took me shopping at a tennis store right before I started mm. getting into tennis when I was younger. Yeah. And so, like, he basically was, like, bought me everything I wanted, and so I bought all these, like, tennis tops and things, and they all were, like, not what 
was within the dress code and I, yeah. I knew I know I wore them all the time. Yeah. But like I owned a lot of white tennis dresses. Which I maybe by the time you got there I may have like gotten over that phase where I was wearing white professional tennis dresses to tennis practice yeah, I don't every think day. You did. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, when I did wear the shorts. Yeah. <laughs> I had two pairs. Like I cannot stress enough that I I was prepped that I could wear them back to back to back <laughs> and like always have one being washed and one on my body. <laughs> I loved those shorts. <laughs> they were your trademark somehow. And they yeah. were the the school color as well. So Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, those shorts were great. I should go put them on right now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, friend of the friend of the pod, Kate, when yeah. she was visiting me a few months ago, we went to the um, hot tub in my, like, neighborhood. And I was oh. like, oh, you might recognize these shorts. And she was like, oh, my God, you still own those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are they... I feel like it's a it's it's risky business to have stuff that you wore <laughs> sophomore year in high school. Mm-hmm. Although well, for I me, also... when I was in the US, I like gained a bunch of weight, so for me, like I'm, I could probably fit into those clothes. But <laughs> but you were like barely a teenager. I was gonna say, but maybe that's not true. But you were like, were you I was very you're fifteen. I was very skinny until I was twenty. Like, I was, like, underweight until I was 20. And then I gained a lot of weight. And so, like, I can still fit those shorts only because, the, like, they're so old, the elastic is worn out. So that they're, like, a lot bigger than they used to be. <laughs> but I used to be able to wear, like, all my, my, like, early high school clothes all the way up until I was 20. And then I, like, finally gained enough weight to, like, also get an adult body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was just, it was really hard for me (laughs) to suddenly be like, wait, I've been living life as an adult for this whole time and now suddenly I have boobs. (laughs) Like, what do I do with these things? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. You didn't really have boobs. (laughs) I feel like we're getting off topic a little bit. Yeah, we should. uh, We met when I was an exchange student in your yes. high school and we played tennis together mm-hmm. and we also had uh I don't remember was it drama I don't know what was it called yeah we class. yeah we had acting together acting yeah and then we also spent the night in our friend Mara's treehouse yeah one time not all of it and it was it was so cold and horrible <laughs> It really was. <laughs> and that trauma. It's what yeah, brought we us together. To bond over that horrible experience. <laughs> Which sounded so nice, like yeah. planning it. So whimsical, but no. no. I feel like we've had that a couple of times when we just like tried to do something that, that seemed really like genuine mm-hmm. and, and sweet and then I remember when we were like when I went to visit you and we were gonna camp by the lake and we were like I haven't camped since then <laughs> <laughs> it was quite uh, awful but I have I think when we do our our cocktail trip mm-hmm. through California 
mm-hmm. we should go camping in Yosemite. Because I think that, but that, that's, that would be that seems good like for me. Legit dangerous because there are bears. Or, or am I okay, wrong I have, that? I have... I have had very many close encounters with wild bears. Um, a lot of them were in Yosemite. And I trust them. They've never hurt me. <laughs> but I feel like they would hurt me. <laughs> you might get away, but I... I also want to say, I feel like it it started out as a cocktail trip in the US, but you've narrowed it down. <laughs> you did that it's just, on your it's own. The best, it's the best part of the country. You're not going to miss out. <laughs> That's where you want to be. Trust me. <laughs> no, I want to go to, like, Utah. <laughs> That's where Brad is from. Best, best place. Where in Utah um, it's full is he from? of Mormons. He's from Salt Lake City. I want to go to Salt Lake City. They have an in and out in Salt Lake City. I <laughs> Okay, we need to <laughs> I could go on and on about the trauma I experienced last night when somebody told me how horrible in and out was. But instead I will I will move on to the next <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the next question. <laughs> but just to Did like someone... wrap up, we were we met in high school. <laughs> And then yes. we were we've been long distance friends. Yes, that's uh, for and since then. So it was only a year. I would say that every time we have been together since high school, mm-hmm. we have gotten into a dangerous situation <laughs> <laughs> at least once per trip. <laughs> what was the dangerous situation in in Berlin? We were arrested on a train. <laughs> and then there was also that weird Amityville horror thing in David's family's house where, like, suddenly there were just, like, hundreds of flies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. True. <laughs> but that was from cows. <laughs> it felt demonic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but we're staying strong as friends despite mm-hmm. this, uh, the terrors. I'm looking forward to another near-death experience in the future. Yeah, in Italy. It'll be great. Okay, next question. Next question. <laughs> See, this is more than enough questions. <laughs> I was worried. We've done more we than answer the enough, question, but... no. <laughs> we... This will be plenty. It's been 40 minutes. We've answered one question. (laughs) Okay. Where do you see your careers in the next 10 years? Okay. (laughs) Um, You start. I can answer this first, yeah. Um, I... I would like to be officially a forensic psychologist in the next Mm. 10 years. Hopefully less than 10 years. My dream is to do expert witness work. Mm, But I think I would also, if I did that, be doing research and teaching, which I would also like to do research. And I would like to do therapy or like clinical work as a backup, but that's not my my biggest priority at the moment. Putting people in jail, not into a better... (laughs) Mental state. No. <laughs> Taking people out of jail. 
I'm very much on the side of like removing the murderers from prison and letting them loose. Because mm. it wasn't their fault. We can no, but I I actually them. agree with you. I'm I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being <laughs> I'm just being annoying. Um, that's a very it's a good clear uh, goal I think. Well, you well, get it, it keeps getting extended where I'm like yeah, solid. But uh, in ten years you'll probably be there. Ready. We can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> When I am, like, in my late 30s, if I am not done with the PhD yet, it may just be time to give up. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do an episode then and see. Yeah. (laughs) Also a thing I love is that, like, when, you know, like, maybe that's mostly YouTube videos. But when people, like, record a video and then they go back, like, five years later and, Mm -hmm. like, maybe answer questions from their past self. I think that's Mm -hmm. neat. I think that's exciting to think about. Where will I be? But yeah, that's a good... I. Um, okay, okay. Uh, I will be... I I don't know. I will I will probably like work with something similar. But maybe mm-hmm. in a different context. Maybe with even more That is power. such a vague answer. <laughs> with like, no context. <laughs> even... <laughs> I say as much as possible. What field you will be in? That is so vague. (laughs) Okay, but I am. I'm working in like local politics now, but not as like a politician, as like a supporting role. Um, And I think I would like to do that in one way or another. Or like I enjoy, I enjoy being able to be political at work, or like to to have. Do you call yourself a political scientist? At work. Or ever in, in general, <laughs> I used to like at my master's program. I used to say like I'm a political scientist, emphasis on political because I think politics <laughs> is part of science, and they were really annoyed with that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so afraid to call myself a forensic psychologist, because the only, like, psychology is really strict about like when you can be a psychologist mm, and when you yeah. can't. And the only people without a PhD who are allowed to be psychologists are um, school psychologists. And that's not at all what I'm going into. And so, like, one one day I'm where I'm going to slip up and, like, call myself a forensic psychologist prematurely. And, like, mm-hmm. all the other forensic psychologists are going to, like, <laughs> disown me from the field. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's unforgivable. But no, I don't call myself a political scientist because I'm not a scientist. You know, I'm just I've studied a subject. But um, I will I will cut this short. I yeah, but I want to work with like maybe national policy, maybe like EU um, stuff. But it kind of depends. I really like local politics. I think it's very mm-hmm. hands-on and uh, so it's so cliche-filled. This uh, my career aspirations but I want to like do something that makes a difference somehow mm-hmm. like I want yeah that's what like, I say see. in like every everything I have to answer about like why'd you get into this field and like I want to make a difference yeah I want to make the world a better place <laughs> yeah. or at least a different place no <laughs> um, yeah so something like that maybe make more money no work mm-hmm. less I think 
I'd like to work 80%. I would like to work from home more. Right now I have to drive a lot and I don't like having to do that. No. And I'd like a job where I can not leave my house as much. Or if I do leave my house, not have to commute so far so I can like actually walk or take public transport or like ride a bike if I ever did that again. <laughs> Is this not the next question? You did, you did, you really um. made it sound like there was going to be a, a question related to your biking. No. <laughs> if you got in a biking accident within the past five years, have you ridden a bike since? <laughs> so crazy. They could, <laughs> they submitted that question. <laughs> Who knew? No. <laughs> The next question is, <laughs> um, how I'm going to submit a question bad. about this for the next, <laughs> next episode. How bad do you think the climate crisis is? Do you think it's inevitably solvable or are we doomed? I think the, um, I don't want to criticize the question, but I think it's uh, <laughs> not black and white. Okay, that's that's fair. I think there. I mean, doom is very. You could say that some certain parts of the world are already experiencing some kind of climate doom, and uh, it's very possible that we're. I think have reached sort of tipping points with like the is it the Western Antarctica mm-hmm. ice sheet and like uh, that mm-hmm. that could be like irreversible and cause, yeah, a lot of degrees heating to an extent where like human life will be. Um, I don't know, severely affected. Mm-hmm. But I think, like any, especially because I think a lot of climate action or like uh, mitigation is also adaptation. Like obviously not all of it, but like a lot yeah. of like going, like shifting to renewable energy is also quite like increasing our resilience toward like, like, and I don't know if the US is experiencing this now, but the EU or like the European uh, region, uh, the gas prices, Russian natural gas is really expensive and that's affecting all the all mm-hmm. households basically in Europe. And that's like if we had more renewables and were less uh, reliant on on fossil fuels, then we would be uh, will not have to pay as much. And like, yeah, I'm just um, I'm trying to say, like, even if we do little, it it will still be I don't can't say that it will be worth it, but I think you need you can't like yeah. a lot of people because I think a lot of people give up almost as like a defense mechanism and they're like yeah well it's we're fucked anyways, and like mm-hmm. there are definitely uh, degrees in hell is that an English <laughs> expression in Swedish that's the thing you can say there's, levels there's oh, seven like, seven levels or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, um, so like Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to end up on the lowest one. You can go to like a higher one, and that will be better. Mm-hmm. That's my. Yeah, I. I think we're gonna figure something out, but if we do it in time to still have things like redwoods and polar bears and the kinds of things that I think make life worth living, I don't know. Um, and, like, I can't think about that. Like... No. 
don't know, especially, I think, like, California, which I famously love so much, is just <laughs> being destroyed every single year. Like, and I think it's, I'm so privileged to get to be in Oregon, which is also in a place, a place that is also, like, very clearly seeing the effects of climate change in real mm-hmm. time. But I get to sit here in Oregon and, like, suffer through 113 degree days without an air conditioner and be like, this shouldn't be happening. And like right now we're going through a, um, a really harsh winter where I'm also like, this shouldn't be happening. But then I, my home state is like literally on fire. And the, the places that I think make California and like ultimately the world so amazing and special. Like the reason I, I care so much about it and want to travel and do all these things are just getting destroyed in front of us. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're just watching this this crisis play out in real time, and there's very little that we can do on, like, a personal level to stop it. And so, like, yeah, I think we're going to figure something out. I just don't know if it's going to be in a way that is going to make all these great things still be great. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't think so either, I think. Yeah, most <laughs> most <laughs> ecosystems will be severely affected, and like a lot of yeah species that we enjoy yeah. will be gone. And uh, that is yeah, I think that's bad to think about. It's horrible. But, but I also yeah, like I don't think people shouldn't uh, zone out of that just because they don't like. Yeah, you the you idea can't give up because. I'm not a climate scientist, and so I, I don't I don't know that things are impossible and that things aren't reversible. And, like, there's still a lot more research to be done, and we just cloned a, a dead ferret thing and brought it back and saved its other ferrets using its, its clone. And so, like, we're, mm. we're actively adapting to this crisis, and so I'm... I'm not saying, like, all hope is lost, but it's just, it's painful to watch it play out. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. (laughs) Next question is is maybe worse. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, How do you grapple with your thoughts about the future, such as, like, wanting to be a mother, things of that nature, while also having existential dread surrounding climate change. Mm. Uh, ignore yeah, it. I think, yeah, I think ignore it. Or like, yeah, but just like, for me... It's I, by I'm your bedside like, table. Sorry, Brad's getting you my charger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, like, since I'm working with it now, even if it's on a local mm. level, I, I've, I try to, like, channel that energy towards something that's productive and then I'm trying to uh, not think too much about it uh, yeah I, but, but that's with uh, it's just success. kind of something that I try not to think about and like I think yeah. so I listened to like a podcast and they were talking about uh, kids having kids like in a climate crisis and they said like uh, something that I thought was helpful like um, a lot of people throughout history have had kids in a very suboptimal like situation, or like mm-hmm. you know, like it's not 
yeah, for us to have children, we're not condemning them to like a worse life than a majority of yeah. like maybe human throughout history. But with that said, I think a lot of the reasons maybe for why they had children in some situations was because they they didn't have birth control. So maybe <laughs> like um, I'm not sure. To to quote a great poet of our time, Lana Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> When the world was at war before, we kept dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, like... Actually, my, very weirdly, my, my dad's the one that pointed out that lyric to me. Of, like, <laughs> people raised Cute. families in times when they... Like, in World War One, like, they thought that that was just the end. And they still yeah. did their best and raised families. So, mm-hmm. we should, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's yeah. What's the alternative to just like kind of give up and and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, uh, but just staying, ignore it. <laughs> staying cool and calm is not always easy. But pretend it's not happening in regards to your your plans for your future. But also do what you can to to yeah. change it if you if you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did you know what you wanted to pursue as a career? Mm. Trial and I feel error. Like we, yeah, I feel like we both kind of changed our paths yeah. a little bit. Um, I, I learned that I didn't have what it took to, to go to medical school. Um, and... Psychology Did you want to be an like, eye doctor? Yeah. Is that like a doctor, doctor's degree that you need for that? You have to go to a special optometry school, so it's not like medical medical school, but okay. it's it's like a yeah different breed. I feel like they're mm. more revered than a dentist, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but when I like had to come to terms with the fact that I couldn't keep like bashing my head into a wall trying to study biology psychology was kind of there as like because I I had taken it as part of my like core classes as a freshman in college and then I loved it so much I started taking it just like as electives and then they recommended it to me as a minor so then I was already minoring in it so by the time I was like I need to do something besides biology I was able to switch over to psychology pretty easily and so then I kept my biology minor and then just switched my major over to psychology. And then I had a, a professor, um, actually I, I enrolled in a psych and law class. And I, I remember like I'd never considered that as a subfield. I didn't know that existed, but as soon as I saw it as, an, as a class option, I was like, that is what I want to do. That sounds amazing. Mm, yeah. And then I had a, um, my professor in that class was a like young Romanian woman, and she's like to this day one of the coolest and like most inspirational people I've ever met. And so she like let me work in her lab, and like as soon as I started that, I was like, "Here it is. This yeah, is yeah. this is it." So yeah, that's, that's such a nice uh, end to. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then there was also like I, even after I, 
I had like started doing her class and like working in her lab and I was like, this is what I want to do. Then I was like, no, I should, I should stick to like straight up psychology. And I, I wanted to work with people with eating disorders for a long time. And then I was like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life researching eating disorders because it makes me want to kill myself. And then I was like, okay, yeah. I, I have to do something else. And so there's, there's still more like yeah. <laughs> debate before I finally settled on it. But that's, that's how I got on the path that led me there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good like um, thing to note that like it will probably be a while before like you figure out mm-hmm. what you want to do, and like I don't think there's a point in like rushing it. Um, I studied uh, political science as my bachelor's, and then I did like a transdisciplinary master's program with like yeah sustainable development focused. Um, but like with a systems theory, systems ecology kind of baseline. Um, and I think that was really um, kind of nice, but both of them are quite vague or like, yeah, you don't get like a, a, a title per se. Mm-hmm. It's more just like a, a, a general set of skills. And I think that is good for me, but um I did I, when I started my bachelor's. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just like yeah. studied something I mean, I that chose, I found interesting. Yeah, I chose not what I want found interesting. I chose what I thought would be a good career for me. Mm. And yeah. I don't think I would have even found it interesting if I got into that career. It just seemed like a solid, safe place to start. Yeah, but I also, if I had followed my interests, I would have gone into like writing. And like creative writing and I used to like write a lot of poetry and I I used to take a lot of like creative writing classes specifically for poetry and so I could have just as easily gone down that path Mm -hmm. and I like ultimately I don't think that would have been as fulfilling to me as psychology has been no so there's still a lot of like hit and miss even following what your interests are I think that they shouldn't let you declare a major when you go into into college no. I think you should start at a university undeclared for your first two years and then you should mm-hmm. be allowed to because yeah 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 I personally would have liked to I don't know how that would work in a U.S. context but I think I would have or I think I thrive in, a, in an academic environment maybe but like I, mm-hmm. I enjoy the or like I like the idea of going into like doing a year or two of like maybe working with something that would like mm-hmm. uh, maybe then there would have to be more jobs that you could have directly after high school, but like mm-hmm. um, just like kind of uh, getting to know the world a little bit and like yeah. I don't know. I just think the whole the whole thing of like choosing what you want to do for the rest of your life is like terrifying to me. Like I've always found that to be mm-hmm. insane that you have to like know. The, the first time I are. had a panic attack was my senior year of high school when I realized I had to make this decision. Mm. of like what I was going to do and that that triggered my first ever panic attack and a long line of them since (laughs) up until then life was peachy yeah up until then everything was great and then suddenly they were like okay what are you going to do for the rest of your life on this planet yeah and I was like (laughs) just keep giving me directions and I'll keep following them don't make me make a decision (laughs) Exactly. In Sweden, you have to choose, like, when you go into high school, like, the, mm-hmm. the program you take will kind of set the the boundaries for what you can study in university. And I switched 
my high school program three times because I was so freaked mm-hmm. out by that notion. And like, it's horrifying. And, like, I think one of the biggest problems in the U.S. is that, like, the way of helping you to make these decisions is you take these really basic assessments that are, like, do you like building a birdhouse? You should go into construction. Yeah. Do you like reading a book? You should go into, like, teaching or something. And, like, even with those, there's not a lot of, I don't know, like, (laughs) imagination for the careers that they're suggesting to you. And so I'm always so surprised when I, like, meet someone not through, like, my program or through my work. Because people have these jobs I've never even heard of. Yeah. And I'm like, like, can't we just have, like, a some sort of education on, like, what exists in the world that you can do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I would have, like, I was, like, 20 years old before I found out that psychology, like, forensic psychology and law was even a, a field that existed, let alone, like, what careers are within that field and, like, what interests mm-hmm. I had there. And so when I had to make the decision at 18 of what I wanted to major in in college, I was like, okay, so there's doctors, there's teachers, there's, like, builders. <laughs> like, I just, I picked what seemed like a safe route based off of, like, the five jobs I could think of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, I just feel like you're not, I don't know if you ever become, like, your one true self, but I don't think you're ready to, like, make that, like, like oh, who are no, you? And, like, what yeah. do you like when you're, like, 18? I think you should be at least 25 when you, like, oh, choose yeah. such a career path. You need to have, like, five years outside of your parents' house Mm -hmm. just making mistakes and, like, fucking up and realizing what you're not before you can start to, like, form any sort of opinion on what you are. Exactly. Because, like, there are versions of myself that I thought were me. Mm -hmm. And then, like, in hindsight, I'm like, no, that was just me, like, grasping at straws for for some sort of personality that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're really, like, uh, supposed to choose who we are at our, like, core. And I don't know if there, like, ever is, like, that kind of thing. I think we're, you know, mm-hmm. changing and learning. I think there are maybe, you know, some people really enjoy working with other people, like, in, a, in that, mm-hmm. you know, meeting new people all the time. I don't know if I'm like that. But I, I can enjoy that. But, like... I think I'm definitely like that, but yeah, like right now I get really lonely at work when I see the same five people mm. like, every single day. Yeah, and I'm like, I would love to meet a new person. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd love to have a conversation with a a different person today. Yeah, but I think it's also such a weird thing, like this. Um... Because for you and me, it's like we can we, we can choose who we want to be and like what we want to mm-hmm. do with our careers. And we like even have like the concept of a career. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't have that. They're, they're just kind of like forced to take a job after. Yeah, there's definitely a lot they of don't privilege have the funds in, to go in the horrors of the decision of what do you want to do? There's a lot yeah. of privilege just in being able to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, and, like, in that, like, when you're, like, trying to figure, like, out who are you uh, mm-hmm. at your core, like, ov- like the, it's kind of implied that, that, obviously, you're not a 
factory worker because that's not gonna yeah. like it's it's only the well paid jobs and like mm-hmm. um you know so so it's so we're obviously not looking at your whole like the whole spectrum of like who you could be or like once again we're demonstrating that we're just two more rich fucking white people with yeah. opinions. <laughs> <laughs> giving you our our takes <laughs> Okay, yeah, maybe next question. Or we have something else. <laughs> yeah. on this. Um, what's one piece of advice you would want to give to young women? I work with a few young women right now, and the piece of advice that I do give them is to be a feminist and like learn about feminism and like supporting other women and like just go all in on that route as early as possible. Yeah. Because that's nothing but good. Yeah. Like, being a young woman is horrifying in a lot of ways. Mm. And, like, I think one of the only cures for, like, the horror of, like, having a female body at a, like, adolescent age is support from your peers and not competition from them. And I think that feminism's yeah. a way to to embrace that. Yeah. I agree. I think, yeah, just the same, like, create, like, some kind of, um, try to put yourself in situations where you think that, like, you can hang out with other women or, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe, like, not, but not just, like, groups of guys and, like, mm-hmm. and, and find a place where you feel that you are, like, yourself, but also that other people are somehow, like, trying to, like, support each other and, and be there for each other and listen to each other. And, like, I yeah. think... Because uh, I, I agree with you, I think feminism is, like, a solid... But I, I also want to, like, I think putting that into practice somehow and, like, actually, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, having people to talk to about those things and... Um, yeah, I was a places. feminist for a long time before I was a good feminist, I think. <laughs> and so I think, like, don't just be a feminist, but, like, yeah. be a feminist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like... I think it's just really help like and I I'm not in that situation but I was in like a support group for like or like an organization that like um would offer support to like young trans people and and young girls for like um yeah just like a, 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 an online chat but that like community of like volunteers was just a very nice place to be in because all of us were like sharing Mm-hmm. the same kind of like it, it, we had the same values because that was kind of the, the core of the group and then you could kind of um, uh, float easy in that group like it was you didn't have to yeah worry about mm-hmm. uh, you know raising certain opinions or and I think that can be nice if you because mm-hmm. so maybe sometimes you can feel lonely with uh your perspective like, on the world. I'd also say that like I think it's really easy as a young woman, especially if you're a young woman that's attracted to men, mm. to to like fall into this habit of trying to be like a cool girl. Yeah. When your definition of cool is what you think men think is cool. Yeah. And like nine out of ten times you're gonna end up with like a bunch of men that don't respect you and a bunch of women that, like, fucking hate you. 
mm-hmm. and like having women for friends, I think is much more fulfilling than like I realized as a young woman. Yeah. And so I would, I would recommend that other young women seek out the friendship of women and not fall into that habit of like trying to impress men that aren't going to care about them in the end. Yeah. Cause you like, you can obviously be friends with guys, but yeah, it's uh, not to say like all men are like, horrible, but yeah, but like trying to impress or you know, yeah, like you be like a guy's girl. girl. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. will probably maybe not um, necessarily lead to like that type of um, more real connection with them, anyways. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and uh, also tips or uh, something I would like to say to young men out there. Mm-hmm. be better <laughs> no but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah maybe try to have girl or women friends and, not just uh, have women friends but like listen to your women friends yeah and like actually listen to like their perspectives on things because they probably know more about some things than you do yeah and like read up on feminism and yeah violence against women Mm-hmm. abortion laws like be like that person mm-hmm. who who takes the responsibility because you are the person with a lot of power like you're gonna go through life and have the chance to probably affect a lot of situations like you could but also use that power to to find a way to help like women tell their own stories instead of mm-hmm. trying to tell their stories for them yeah like don't be a, a guy that like cares so much about feminism that you talk over women in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also let, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> are there any pieces of pop culture that affected who you are today? I want to say the Smiths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, were there for me when nobody else was. <laughs> I have uh, Twilight. <laughs> Solid. Uh-huh. Um, no. Uh, no, I, I think it did, actually did affect me. But maybe not. A Twilight had a big effect on me as well. It also, again, got me in with like the cool girls of the 4-H dog club because they were also reading Twilight. Oh, nice. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise it's like, I feel like maybe what's affected me most is the fact that, like, I've gotten so much uh, shit for reading Twilight that I've, like, <laughs> um, grown very, like, I've built a, mm-hmm. a solid um, defense for the, for why we should allow women and girls to yeah. have a culture that is not super mm-hmm. morally... Um, correct all the time and it can be valuable and interesting. And I think that's also like going back to the last question an important lesson for young women is like it's okay to like dumb shit that doesn't have Mm -hmm. a meaning or like isn't that great maybe. Yeah. Because guys get to like dumb shit all the time and women never do. Yeah. So like don't be like I'm going to critique this thing all my friends like because I'm better than them. Be like no this thing all my friends like fucking slaps. Yeah, exactly. And that's fine. Yeah. It's it's fun and like really intriguing for me to read about this 
epic love story. <laughs> and fuck you if you're gonna be mm. like, it's problematic. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, so I think that's affected mm-hmm. me. I have, I think, I think I have. Maybe that's going against what you just said, but I think I have really bad taste in like books and like or like music mm-hmm. and stuff. But I. Um, I just have to live with that, I think. I don't have the energy to like get into really cool I have the like stuff. male manipulator sense of taste in movies and books a lot of the time. Or no, movies and music a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've had to <laughs> come to terms with. That like no. other people that like the music I like suck. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, I, I've gotten better. I, I listen to a lot more, like, like indie women artists than yeah. just, like, 80s goth bands. Yeah. But there was a time when, like, every band I listened to, if I found anyone else that liked them, it was, like, a guy that was going to use and abuse me. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or a man my father's age. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Uncertain if it's internalized uh, misogyny yeah. somehow or just just your taste. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, maybe also a general advice since we're giving those. <laughs> it's like you don't have to maybe uh, understand why you like certain things sometimes. You can yeah. Just, like you don't have to yeah. dig deep into like is this good or bad for me and like mm-hmm. maybe and like if you like things that everyone makes fun of on Twitter that's also fine yeah yeah <laughs> like if you're really into Tarantino movies yeah <laughs> that's perfectly okay fun for you and yeah maybe he has a foot fetish but <laughs> watching Uma Thurman kill like 80 people within the span of 15 minutes in like in full color black and white and then just blue on black silhouette Mm -hmm. that's awesome that's great yeah do it you have to like allow yourself to enjoy things and not just like always be like critical and I think Quentin Tarantino had a large effect on my development as a human being as well really and like the horror genre as well because i i don't watch a lot of movies anymore but when i do they're either like something really weird or like a quentin tarantino wes anderson or horror movie Mm, yeah yeah and so i i would like to give credit to all three of those things for shaping who you are like today. They all shaped me. Yeah. Solid. And the Smiths, the Smiths definitely were a big part of. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I, I want to talk about, I want to talk more about the Smiths because I feel like they, they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> the album Meat is Murder is like a, like a piece by piece attack on all the major systems of the world. Like they, they take down so many of like the, the normal things that are a normal part of everyday life and explain why they're wrong or how they hurt people. Yeah. And I don't think it's a full con condemnation of these systems, except for like maybe the actual song meat is murder is pretty condemning. Yeah. Yeah. But 
like it's just I think listening to that album as an adolescent to me was like you're right when you see that like when something feels off you're probably right about that and mm-hmm. you should voice that like it that album showed me that like I wasn't just imagining these things that I was like this feels icky like mm-hmm. Morrissey saw them too and yeah. she sang about them and like they these things existed these these imbalances were there yeah and so yeah. I think that's a great yeah, album really nice. people should listen to yeah I'll do it is it um, <laughs> is it true that he is anti-vax now? I wouldn't doubt it. I um, like to pretend he's dead. Um. <laughs> Another tip for when you <laughs> when you've reached your limits. <laughs> like every piece of news about him, I'm just like, oh god, man, just die already. Like, <laughs> Just shut the fuck up or die. Like, this is so painful for your fans. How you went from someone that was like, kids shouldn't be abused in schools. Animals shouldn't be abused in slaughterhouses. Like, we should have more fairness to the gentle, lonely creatures of the world to like, I'm a racist and I think that I'm better than everyone. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, just sucks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sad end somehow, but I think that's a good, good strategy. I think he's yeah. sad. <laughs> Pretend. Yeah, he just yeah. he died long ago, and we have no idea what he would think if he were alive now. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to to Mita's murder, and then use that to to gauge what you think Morrissey would think about. Yeah, exactly. Trump or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, if you could do any other job and money didn't matter, what would you want to do? I would like maybe rephrase the question a little bit because I think I would do the same thing or like something mm-hmm. similar. But if if also we didn't have like an a climate crisis happening, okay. I yes. would start a cafe. It will be it would be a house like a villa and uh-huh. preferably quite close like central so that people can I have like the perfect house in where like my hometown but that that's maybe too small but it's like a you know like an old house and there are different like rooms and they're all I would like f- make them look really nice and have like maybe different like themes but still you know like not over the top um and there would be like uh, live music a lot of the times and it will be like one of those cafes that's open all day mm-hmm. and all night so it's like kind of you can just like hang out there and have that's a like the coolest and... thing when you can go someplace at like 3 a.m yeah like that is the coolest thing a business can do is be open in the middle of the night yeah like and you, maybe you go there and you drink a glass of wine but then you stay so long that you can mm-hmm. like eat some breakfast uh-huh. there Mm-hmm. And yeah, so so that's I would I would run a place like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you do? Um, I would. I I have two, two things. Although like one of them I stole from someone because she like, like she was like if I ever win the lottery, I'm gonna do this and you can work for me and I was like that is such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but so my own original idea. I'd like to make a sanctuary for rabbits that people adopt as pets in, like, Easter, and then they, like, don't want to have a rabbit anymore. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many rabbits 
that are like expats that just like get euthanized or like dumped in the streets and they can't survive. Mm-hmm. And actually there's a, a town on the coast in Oregon here that we go to sometimes where someone dumped like multiple pet rabbits there, mm-hmm. but they took over. And so yeah. like whenever you go there, you'll like get out of your car and like in the grass, there'll just be like four or five like clearly domesticated rabbits. They're just like living there and it's yeah. very whimsical. Mm-hmm. And so I think having that in like a huge, I, I picture like a big dome, like a bubble <laughs> and they all just live in there. And like, it's really cute. Like there's different like parts that are themed a different way. Like there's like a Hobbiton one where like the little bunny oh. houses all look like yeah. hobbit holes. And like on the other side, maybe there's like, I don't know, that's my only idea, <laughs> but like there's other <laughs> different themes all around. And then, like, it's, like, a botanical garden where you can, like, pay money to get in. You get to, like, walk down trails with all these bunnies. But my friend wanted to open a cat cafe. Mm. And now that's also my dream because I think that would also be amazing. That would be so great. Although I think my bigger dream is just to have, like, ten cats. So maybe (laughs) I can do the bunny thing instead and then just have, like, ten cats. In your, like, house and then... Yeah, just it's just with you them. having a coffee with them. Yeah, it's a private cafe. That's exactly. Yeah. I just want to have a coffee with like ten of my own cats. Yeah, I think that's it's a it's a wonderful uh, dream. I love that both of our <laughs> dreams are just kind of like hanging out someplace that's like nice mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and not like. I mean, obviously there will be work involved, but like, yeah, yeah. It's just creating a nice space (laughs) yeah yeah and like yeah taking care of something somehow yeah okay this next one i think is a really great question but i think it's a really hard one to answer have you ever like has someone ever insulted you in a way that like made you proud that they insulted you like that Mm. like what's an insult you've gotten that you've been proud of Do you have an answer? I don't. <laughs> I, I, like I you... hoped when I when I chose this question, I hoped that I, I would come up with one. Yeah. But... Um, mm. I also like I feel like it's very on brand for me to like Yeah, enjoy exactly the chaos of an insult, but I can't think of a single like specific example. I feel like if someone called you a slut, you would be like Fuck oh, yeah. Definitely. I'd be like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, someone called me an Amazon one time as an insult. Oh. And I was like, that was, that was cool. Like, also, if you're going to make fun of me for being tall. Yeah. Don't, don't choose, like, a, like, badass, heroic race of all women. Like, that's the coolest yeah, thing yeah. I can think of. That's just, like. like <laughs> yeah, call me, yeah, like, that's a tree the opposite or something. <laughs> Yeah, very true. That's that's just uh, anyone would be happy to hear <laughs> that. I think. Um, I don't know if I've been uh, insulted that many times. Someone on Twitter called me a traitorous bitch in like oh. 2020 at the start of the pandemic because Why? I said that um, I didn't want to. Like, it wasn't for anything cool. I said I didn't want to get a COVID test. 
Because mm-hmm. I had I've gotten a um, um, pertussis test, which is like the same like swab in your nostril, and it was so mm-hmm. horrible when I had to get the pertussis test that I was like I tweeted like not even my own tweet like I responded to somebody else's tweet where they were like talking about how they had to get a um, COVID test and it was like really traumatic and I was like yeah I had to get a pertussis test it's the same kind of test and mm-hmm. it was also really traumatic so like I'm like obviously doing everything I can to not get COVID but like also I really don't want to have to get tested yeah and some guy responded and called me a traitorous bitch for wanting to shut down the country to prevent a little bit of pain and I was like well I mean also people are dying like it's not just that I don't want to get the test but <laughs> there's more to it <laughs> and also like I never even like <laughs> opinions aside on how to handle COVID that wasn't even what I said like I just said I didn't want to get tested <laughs> Yeah, that seems uh, that seems harsh. I think <laughs> uh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. I I agree with you with the nose testing thing. If I could avoid it, I yeah. would. Um, it's horrific. I don't know if I have been like called something or like insulted. You need to get on Twitter more and, like, actually use it. If you yeah. if no one's insulting you enough, just start using Twitter a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm on Twitter a lot. <laughs> just, like, passively reading stuff. But it's so, like, yeah. the energy. The vibe is bad, I would say. Like, oh, it's horrible. People are so angry. <laughs> I also, I tweeted, like, I don't know, like, a month ago, maybe, something about, um, I tweeted something about, like, how there's a, like, a right amount to like Harry Potter like people that love Harry Potter I'm like okay that's too much and people that like really hate it mm-hmm. like something's not, something's off about that as well yeah and like never in it did I at all mention JK Rowling no and like I feel like the, the other things I tweet about like make me come off as a person where I'm like pretty strongly against like just shitting on anyone like I yeah I've been pretty vocal about, like, trans people and, like, how they mm-hmm. should be treated like basic human beings. And someone mm-hmm. responded, like, not even, they quote retweeted me. And they were like, okay, sweaty. <laughs> I know they were like, they are like, how could you tweet this when you, in, like, 2021, when you know what the, what JK Rowling is like? Go share your shitty opinion somewhere else, sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> first of all like calling people sweaty instead of sweetie is like such a like 2018 insult but also like again like these people are on twitter and they're just they're reading everything with like the reading comprehension of like a four-year-old and yeah they're just looking for a reason to get pissed off also like go share your opinion somewhere else like no this is the place <laughs> This, this is exactly website. where, yeah. Like, if you don't want to read people's opinions, like you should don't read go somewhere online. Else. Yeah. <laughs> like, read a book. There's less opinions in them. <laughs> go read Harry Potter. It's a great escape. <laughs> but J.K. Rowling, I think we also have to just pretend maybe that she's dead. Yeah, I think yeah. That's... <laughs> she gave us a great, a great thing, and then she died very young, and it's tragic. Yeah, it was very tragic, but it was. Maybe for the best. And like you can go to a library and 
get Harry Potter that way. And you don't even have to put a single cent in J.K. Rowling's pockets. You can no. just no. go enjoy Harry Potter and remember what it was like to be a child of the 90s. Yeah. And you don't have to be bitter and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Next question. How many okay. more do we have? Um, Two. Two. Um, okay, if you had a profile written up about you in some cool publication, so for example, and I made these ones up because full disclosure, I wrote this question because <laughs> I think about this all the time, <laughs> but like if someone came to your house and like took pictures of you mm. modeling and then wrote about how cool you are as a person. And then, like, there was the title of it has, like, some cool name, like, Keanu Reeves is crazy about hooking up on the second date. Or <laughs> That's Tilda <not> Swinton. True. <laughs> Tilda Swinton can't stop sleeping with her enemies. <laughs> what what would your your title be? Oh, what would the, like, what the, the title, title of your uh... your expose be? So I can go first because I, yeah. I do think about this constantly as a way to motivate myself. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. imagining when this is written about me in the future, when I'm like horribly successful and famous, how mm -hmm. will they portray me? Yeah. And I think the best one that I've come up with is Marlena Arjo is pulling no punches. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? But mean? like cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very vague it's not like the ones yeah. that you read I, my examples were bad <laughs> i think they were they were intriguing uh, uh oh i yeah i don't know but i i love it i will daydream about this <laughs> for sure um linda fredström is on the hunt <laughs> on the prowl can it be just like maybe if i become like no i don't know that would be like a lawyer and i that that's not mm -hmm. for me um yeah but uh, no i'm not sure but i will think about it good question mm -hmm. thank you <laughs> i wrote that one <laughs> okay the last question is what is a common myth within your field of expertise Mm. I can go I first like again, it. I think. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, no, I can't. <laughs> okay, so one common myth, I think. Actually, no, I'm just going to get on. I'm just going to rant. One myth that I care a lot about is that... Nope. Not brave enough for this one yet. Okay, hold on. Let me let me, let me back down. <laughs> I was gonna say like people that commit sex crimes, yeah, are pedophiles is a myth because most pedophiles don't act on their urges, and most people that commit mm. sex crimes don't do it out of attraction. Mm. But I, I'm not ready for the backlash I could receive okay, from that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sensitive. <laughs> Wait till 2022 to get yeah. fully cancelled. <laughs> Um, okay, one myth in the field of forensic psychology and law 
is that criminal profiling is like at all. Nope. I don't want to do that one either. Okay. One myth in the field of psychology and law is that, um, criminals are like different than other human beings. Like there's some part of a person that like kills or a person that like commits a horrible crime that makes them innately different from other human beings. Mm-hmm. Or like there's some sort of psychology that's off about them. But the majority of the research that exists right now points to them just being human beings that like, whether it be through like desperation or like mental health issues or like mm-hmm. something like that have, have done something horrible. And most of them are, I would even say like all of them are capable of experiencing some sort of guilt or like understanding of the consequences of that in a way that I think a lot of people like to diminish and act like they're like all sociopaths and they don't experience empathy or like they, they don't care what they did. I think the research points to that just not being true. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Needs to be said more often with the, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially in the U.S. where we love to just put people in prison for their entire lives, yeah, but regardless of their humanity. The thing is that that's like the the whole discussion in Sweden right now is that like we should have longer sentences and harsher punishments no! for crime. Yeah, yeah, we're just going down that hole for no, no! reason. Like, <laughs> we should talk about that's this more horrible. in another episode, but yeah, no, we it's, it's completely... Yeah, we and like, and it's always, it's like they have like political debates, and it's like maybe they bring bring in like a researcher who's like, yeah, uh, science proves that like or like shows that that uh, it doesn't help. Like people will not yeah. uh, abstain from doing these crimes. Like that's not we need to we have, need to have better schools and we need to have like more preventative mm-hmm. work. And the politicians are like, hmm. So I think we should punish 13-year-olds, put them in jail. No, 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 not the juveniles. Yeah, so. God. Uh, <laughs> very unfortunate. I'm going to write um, a, um, an article. It's like an open letter to Swedish politicians. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love it if you could find me some like good statistics or something on... Like why it doesn't help to like just put people oh, yeah. in jail I've, because I've got the resources. I I'm will. In, I'm in need. Uh. <laughs> we can we can do a a whole episode and then you can just like <laughs> take all my sources <laughs> and then just be like, so I did some research and this is what I found. <laughs> you should listen to this really great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They've covered it. <laughs> I stumbled upon this great podcast you guys should check out. <laughs> skip the intro. Yeah. Just skip ahead to like two minutes in. That's when they yeah, really get yeah. going. <laughs> you think she sounds like me? Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's a real compliment. She sounds smart, smart as hell. <laughs> yeah, but I'm ex- I think we should do that. I think that would be a good yeah. episode. You can do that after our disordered eating episode. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. More fun things to come. Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays. 
I would like to. I I don't know if this is a myth, and I don't know if I like actually have like scientific proof that it's wrong. But I think one thing that like a lot of people will say when talking about like sustainability or like climate change and and mitigation is that a lot of people kind of uh, end up having the opinion that like we need to kind of um, someone needs to take control and just like. Um, start doing things and like we need maybe less democracy because democracy isn't really uh fine-tuned to help out and i think that's um a dangerous and wrong path Mm -hmm. to take because um the situation we're in right now is uh, very undemocratic i would say or like a lot of people have a lot of power and a lot of people with the interest of of like hindering climate or climate change mitigation are in positions of power so i think and and i there are i I don't have like comprehensive studies but there are definitely studies that have found like if you have like more deliberate democracy and and allow people to actually like partake in in the decision making process Mm -hmm. they're able to make pretty good judgments on like and like weigh in different perspectives because a lot of the climate change related um catastrophes and and such will hit hardest in in like poor communities and poor countries yeah. uh and i think not giving them a voice is just like i think just a lot of things that is said about climate change is just someone like keeping on with their their same old agenda but just with the mm-hmm. uh prefix of like yeah and it's because of climate change yeah how uh, can we use climate change to keep furthering our own agendas yeah Exactly. And I think a lot of people are just like, uh, kind of like the idea of, of not having to listen to, to people and mm-hmm. to, to a, a democratic, like, uh, using a democratic institution and just being able to kind of do whatever they want. But that there's very little level evidence that that would be better. Uh, and I think that's just, just the idea or like, I think just, um, the underlying assumption that that people are bad and can't um that that, that we're like intrinsically bad and and evil and want to destroy the world Mm -hmm. i think is a very unhelpful like assumption to uphold it's better to like Mm -hmm. to see the kind of systems and structures that are kind of uh creating like these skewed incentives for us to like uh, act not in our best interest always because we're kind of affected by uh, a skewed media like or like news uh, uh, that's presented to us and like advertisements and, and big corporations trying to like um, lobby uh, certain policies and yeah I don't know um, I just think uh, more democracy not less to solve climate change uh, yeah with with some some uh, studies that could back that up, I think. Yeah, I agree. Any anything that's wanting to take away democracy for any reason, I think is dubious. Mm-hmm. And I think in general, most people are more than capable of like understanding complex issues and making decisions that are beneficial based off of those issues. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I like th- there are re- there is research that like shows that like just when you're dealing about like complex issues with I mean most poli- political issues are uh, getting more people in the room and like having all of those different perspectives 
present is like what helps you make better decisions that that will like be a more well-rounded solution uh rather mm-hmm. than if it's just one person that's like we're gonna do this and i don't know how that will affect this group and i don't like i won't find out either um yeah that's that's gonna be bad like that's gonna miss out on a whole bunch of important factors and you're gonna have bad uh politics so yeah all right yeah uh that was thank (laughs) thank you to all our listeners (laughs) great questions um (laughs) thanks for for listening to our podcast yeah i do you have a recommendation i actually do i i've been holding on to this one um my recommendation is the netflix series sex education Mm, yeah i think it is so good um i think season one is fantastic and the most recent season is also good yeah but like season one there's like two scenes when i actually i can't say like season one i cried for both these two scenes that's how good it was because I cried for the majority of, I think the most recent season is season three. Yeah. I cried all the way through it. <laughs> the two scenes in season one were exceptional, like extra good. I recommend the, the, uh, the, the Netflix, also Netflix show Made, which is I think takes place in, but maybe it's Seattle. I thought it was Portland, mm-hmm. but I think it's Seattle. Um, but I think it was nice. It was... Um, I think my mom also recommended that to me. Yeah. Because it's kind of about, it's about like a woman who's emotionally abused by her husband or mm. boyfriend. And I think it's good that they don't like, they don't take it to extremes. Um mm-hmm. But they're still very clear. Like I like that she yeah she's very clear. Like that like this isn't okay. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I think those uh, when you try to show abuse, maybe you you kind of take it over the top to to really like emphasize how yeah. bad it is. But I so think there's like no be... question about whether or not it's abuse. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think this was kind of a nice like. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that he's like uh, hitting you, but but it can mm-hmm. still be something that's bad for you and that you don't have to endure, and that like he shouldn't be allowed to do to you. So I th- I think mm-hmm. I just recommend. I think it was cute or f- yeah mm-hmm. uh, important. Nice. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't have our our thing pulled up. Um. Please follow, subscribe, and rate us on the podcasting platform of your choice. You can also find and follow us on social media. We have a Twitter at figureitoutpod underscore and an Instagram at figure underscore it out podcast. You can email us at figureitout.pod1 at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, or topic suggestions that you want us to cover. Yeah. And stay tuned because next week we're talking about... Eating disordered disorder. eating yeah and is, then is we get that to a... that <laughs> yeah go ahead <laughs> is that like a, a change in terminology that i don't disordered eating compared to eating disorder 
um, eating, eating disorder is maybe specific yeah. disorder like anorexia mm. or bulimia or orthorexia. Oh, okay. But disordered eating is the act of engaging in patterns of like bad, bad relationships with foods or with your bodies or anything of that nature. So, yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Makes sense. Yeah. It'll yeah, be... so a lot of fun to come. Yeah. Just in time for your New Year's resolution, we're going to talk about how horrible it is to diet. Again. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, worse this time. <laughs> It'll be I'm twice excited. as sad. <laughs> I am too. Um, like I said earlier, one of my earlier passions in the field of psychology was disordered eating, which has actually been a passion of mine since I first found out about it in like middle school and was like, this has to stop. (laughs) (laughs) And then I spent like eight years having a very complicated relationship to like my own body. And then also like, disordered eating and like eating disorders in the diet complex mm-hmm. like my like how I, I thought about those things versus how I thought about myself and then I and then I got better <laughs> and I was like this has to stop and then I made a mistake <laughs> and that that was like two weeks ago <laughs> yeah that, I think that's uh, good to talk about I don't know yeah. if it's the best to talk about in a podcast but We'll try it. We'll see how that goes. I mean, it's like this, or I'll I'll just like I'll just start tweeting about it, and then I'll get a bunch of DMs from people we went to high school with, and I'll be like, "Don't pity me." <laughs> I'm tweeting this because I think it's inherently funny, not so that someone I haven't spoken to in like seven years can send me a direct message on Twitter and be like, "Hey, girly." It feels like you're struggling right now. I just want to let you know I'm always here if you want to reach out. (laughs) Off. (laughs) This is not a cry for help. (laughs) It might look exactly like a cry for help, but it's just me being funny. (laughs) It's just humor, okay? (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you all for listening all of this year or for the year the the weeks that we've been the, online for the year like three months we've been doing this yeah or like we've been working on it longer than that but we've been live on podcasting on the... platforms for like three three ish months solid maybe like two and a half yeah depends on on the yeah yeah all right happy new year everyone yeah, Merry Christmas. Or maybe Happy it's too early. No, yeah, wait. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay. okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>